from the Game Nashville Studios, presented by Wholesale Inc. Mount Juliet. It's time to take you behind the scenes in Smashville. That's across, he scores! This is the Preds official podcast with Thomas Willis and Brooks Bratton. Powerful move from back of the net. On Smashville's best sports talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Episode 12 of the Predators official podcast, the double digits continue, and we're into December. When did that happen? Welcome to the month of December. Welcome to the Preds official podcast. I am Brooks Bratton, seated alongside Thomas Willis, the ginger duo of NashvillePredators.com. Good to be back in studio again this week. Another jam-packed show. An interview with Nick Benino coming up. That's a great chat with the Preds centerman. Story time. I'm just back from the Walmart doing some holiday shopping with some of our guys. Some good stuff from there. Plenty of Twitter questions to get to and a giveaway. We're giving away tickets Monday night. The Buffalo Sabres, Phil Housley and co. are in town taking on the Nashville Predators to close out the five-game homestand. We've got a pair of seats for that. Details on how you can win those just a bit later in the show. But first things first... Thomas Willis, something has happened in your life since the last time we were in this studio. Yeah. So I officially became a dad on Tuesday evening. Yes. Woo! Uh, more of that applause for my my lovely wife, Elizabeth, of course. Um, she was a champ. She was fantastic and all that. We uh, Our first kid, a daughter, um, she came into the world during the Avalanche Preds game. So um, missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? I, I did see the third period, or at least part of it. So, um, But yeah, I, I think I'm doing okay sleep-wise. I know that it's going to get worse. But that being said, I just looked down at my phone to, to keep time for this segment, and I had the calculator open. So, Nice. <laughs> rather than the timer or clock app, of course. So maybe I'm uh, not 100% of the way there. But well, she, she is, uh, I'm of course biased, but she may be the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. So we uh, we're pretty excited. I'm also going to say that I'm biased because I've been lucky enough to meet her already. And I'm one that usually thinks like, how do you say a baby's cute? Like it's a baby. They're all kind of weird looking, right? Yep. She's pretty darn cute. Yep. I, I, I was pretty skeptical, but she she is really cute. Uh, I wanted her to look as much like her mom as she could. And and (laughs) she certainly does. Achievement unlocked. She certainly does. So check, check marks there. We'll see how I am for the next show. Yeah. Um, after several more iffy nights of sleep and not sleep well even by the end of this hour perhaps (laughs) i I will say speaking of things that are cute i mean you look fine right now yeah i feel fine so now (laughs) we'll see how things progress as we go along this afternoon did you just call me cute by the way (laughs) you okay okay josh is uh josh behind the controls he's not sure maybe (laughs) well we may have to defer to him on that but yeah you mentioned the great interview with nick nino um I actually asked him about he has two daughters, so got some advice from him in that interview that you'll hear in the next segment. It, honestly, one of our best conversations yep. um, so far on the show. Really, really enjoyed it. Really, really good. good. Really good chat with Bones coming up. Well, congratulations to you. Well, that's, thanks. That's awesome. Super, super proud of you. Super happy for you <laughs> and Elizabeth and the fam. And uh, looking forward to getting her to her first game soon enough. Yes, she's you, got the hearing protection. We you, know that exactly. Uncle Brooks uh, already bought her her first pair of headphones. So in Probably several months she will be she'll be ready. Maybe maybe by the playoffs. We'll see. Bring her we'll on see. down. Well, hopefully her first game is better than the Arizona game. Yeah. It was one of those that you're gonna have a few of those mm-hmm. over the course of an eighty two game season. A three nothing loss on Thursday. The 
Predators suffered that against the Arizona Coyotes. It was one of those where they said after the fact they simply weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. And they'll certainly be looking for a better effort against Chicago. But here's what Roman Yossi had to say. Again, you're going to have stretches like this. The Preds are in a bit of a funk right now, mm-hmm. but it's all about the power of positivity in that locker room. Well, I think you got to stay positive. I mean, obviously, I never like want to lose games. Uh, you always want to play well, but um, yeah, like you said, it's it's a long season, and uh, if you go through stretches like that, you gotta make sure you find a way out of it as quick as possible, and um, that's by staying positive and not get frustrated and um, work on things. Obviously, that we can do a lot better, um, but yeah, you always gotta take some positives out too. Something that's been impressive to me during my time here in Nashville is the ability for the members of the team in this locker room to never get too high or never get too low. Yeah. When you're on a 10-game winning streak, well, let's temper our expectations. Yeah. When you're on a 10, hopefully not a 10-game losing streak, a two-game <laughs> losing streak as they are at this very moment, Right. it's going to be okay. They're going to find their way out. And I liked something else that Coach Laviolette said after Friday's practice, a very spirited session, a lot mm-hmm. of jam as he might say. <laughs> Coach Laviolette said, I don't like the way that we lost to Arizona. Yeah. Right? So you never want to lose, but the game against Colorado when they lost 3-2, to two, the Predators rattle off 38 shots. That game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. When you lose 3 nothing and you just don't have it throughout the night, a mm-hmm. lot of guys not pulling their rope, as the Predators head coach said, that's where the issue is. So I'm actually going to say that I think I was a bit more disappointed after we were recording our last episode, the live one on Saturday, after the way that the Predators lost in St. Louis to the Blues. Mm-hmm. And and we were honest. We, we dissected that one. We looked at some mistakes there. I, I think this comes across as an excuse, but I, this just has to be said. We're not really watching the Nashville Predators right now. Like, this is not the team. There's no Victor Arvidsson. There's no Kyle Turris. There's no P.K. Subban. And I know that hockey is a team sport, and you want to always say the next guy's going to step up and it's going to be great. And to the large extent, that is going to happen. You mentioned the Colorado game. Probably should have won that one, depending on how you want to look at that. But I've always said the way that this team is built, meaning the Predators, if they have their top four defensemen intact, I still think they can beat anyone. Like It it is that much of a competitive advantage that even if they do have a whole slew of injuries on the forward group, they can still win. But now that you've lost P.K. Subban, and yes, Dan Hamus has done a good job, the defense isn't quite as good as it should be. And then really, you cannot... Um, over-exaggerate or make little of the loss of Kyle Turris and Victor Arvidsson. We've already seen, as soon as you lose Arvidsson on the first line with Johansson and Forsberg, it's tough. It's tough on both of them, especially Forsberg. Like Earlier when Arvidsson suffered his first injury, Villa Forsberg didn't score a goal in the several games without Victor Arvidsson. Now, that's not going to happen. Like He's going to be able to be better, but the Preds are still trying to find out who the right wing on that is. And honestly, I think they would have been fine and still would be easily winning the majority of their games with just out Arvidsson. But as soon as you lose Kyle Turris as well, all of a sudden, there's no question which line the opposition is defending against the most. The line that they're putting out their best defenseman over and over and over again. Because usually, the way that the Predators win is, again, competitive advantage in the sense of you basically had two first lines. But now, with a first line that's not even at full strength without Arvidsson, now all of a sudden Ryan Johansson and Philip Forsberg rather are put in a very difficult spot. So like this isn't like this isn't the normal Preds team. They're going to get healthy again. They're going to be fine. So for for number one, like consider that. Like do not forget about that. And I know I'm, I've talked for a long time here. So then secondly, I'll just be quick and just say 
But then, like, it also is going to happen. Like, you're going to lose three to nothing at home sometimes, and it's going to be okay. It's absolutely how you respond in the next game. We said that in the last episode after the Blues. The Preds had a great effort against the Ducks. I expect them to be fantastic against the Blackhawks, to be honest, even still not being the same caliber team that they normally are. I think it's always important after a game like the Arizona game to take a step back, take a deep breath, yeah. realize you're still atop the Western Conference. Yeah, for sure. It's, 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 it's funny how <laughs> Wait, two, what? It's funny how a two-game losing streak makes it seem like the world is caving in. Which also, it, quick sidebar, is two games even a losing streak. You know, like, yeah. I think that's where you, like, skid or drop. You know, like, it's not even really, like, a long-term thing. Yeah. Well, and Matias Ekholm said after the Arizona game, you know what? The sun will come up tomorrow when yeah. it's gloomy in Nashville, but it is light out at least. Yeah, exactly. The sun is up there it's been somewhere. Quite nice. It's been quite nice. But no, it was a spirited practice Friday. Yeah. Some frustration. Ryan Hartman threw a stick into the stands. And then was nice enough to tell us media folk afterwards that he saw where we were sitting, decided not to throw it in that direction. <laughs> so thanks to him. But a speaking, calculated temper tantrum for sure. Speaking <laughs> of Ryan Hartman, I, I and I think you like to see that too, right? Like sure. you said, they're gonna they're probably gonna be juiced up for the Blackhawks. Yeah. One, it's a Saturday night in Nashville yeah. against the Blackhawks, and two, they're not thrilled with what's going on. Yeah. Right now, so hopefully you'd like to see. I'll steal his word again. A little bit more jam on Saturday. Speaking of Ryan Hartman yeah. and the Blackhawks. By the way, how quickly you forget the first time that he will have played yeah. against the Blackhawks. Ten months since yeah. the Preds have played the Blackhawks in the regular season because they didn't meet in the playoffs either as well. So I guess just flat out, ten months since they've played each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the reason the Predators have been winning this game is because they're so talented of a roster. So they're going to have to work harder to do so without these guys. And I think that gets back to your point about what Peter Laviolette said in the sense of, I didn't like the way that we lost on Thursday night because he knows there's got to be more commitment. There's got to be more buy-in. You've really got to get those pucks out across the blue line in the defensive zone, for example. Absolutely. He simply said we didn't play to an our, our identity, but with the personnel in this room and with the coaching staff led by LaViolette, mm-hmm. more often than not, they are going to play with that identity, and when they do, they're going to come out on the winning end a large percentage of the time, as they have so far. So Chicago and then Buffalo on Monday. Who saw this coming? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Buffalo Sabres coming in. Just finished a 10-game winning streak. Former Preds assistant coach Phil Housley, mm-hmm. now the man behind the bench there. Buffalo, my goodness. Jeff yeah. Skinner's lighting it up. Yeah, so again, the, the additions for them, pretty clearly, they had the number one overall draft pick in Rasmus Dahlin on defense. He's been stellar. He's been great, so immediately helped that defensive core. Sorry, they made three big contributions, I guess, additions. The second one, Jeff Skinner, you mentioned in the final year of his contract, they acquired him from the Carolina Hurricanes. He scores like... Every game, almost. Um, and he, really the first time that he's been able to play with a first-line center. I go back to when the Preds had Paul Correa and David Leguan became a 20-goal scorer out of nowhere. It's like, when you're covering Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner's going to be open a little bit more. And then thirdly, we used to call him this jokingly when he was still on the Preds, Starter Hutton. I mean, Carter Hutton, Hutton. signs a deal. I mean, I, that's got to feel good for him because Phil Housley, of course, knew him in his time with Nashville and was like, no, I want you to be my starter. Mm-hmm. He's been solid for them as well. So, yeah. And good for Huts. He's such yeah, a good guy, too. for sure. One but of yeah, our favorites. Past the age of 30, of course, to be finally a starter and be turning it in and be this good. I mean, like, and now all of a sudden, you have the opportunity to see that game when we give away the tickets later in the show. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. You sure do. It hasn't been all doom and gloom on the homestand, yeah. by the way. That win against Anaheim, Austin Watson with a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Four hat tricks now for the Predators this season. That already ties a franchise record. And then looking up as to when the other two were, they've all come in the Laviolette era. 2015-16 was the hmm. first time they did it. 2016-17 the next time. Both of those seasons, Philip Forsberg had two of them. 
Phil only has one. Four different guys have them already. So Cali Yarncroft, Philip Forsberg, Colton Sissons, and now Austin Watson. The Preds lead the league in hat tricks and the only team to have four different players record one this season. Could we see another before the homestand is out? Wow, that's a bold prediction. We certainly could, of course. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, so again, we'll see how the Predators look in the next two home games, but but especially if you're able to win both of those, all of a sudden the homestand has a, such a different narrative. And I think, frankly, across 82 games, like you need you need bad performances every now and then Absolutely. just to reset the clock and look at it, maybe a 10-game stretch and say, yeah, we're going to win at least seven of these. Like We're going to be able to re, refocus. And, and we'll see. Uh, obviously, we know Victor Arvidsson's not close, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, P.K. Subban did skate, I guess, earlier in the week briefly yeah we saw him last uh last weekend last saturday at centennial so he has been skating still no timetable on yeah. him uh, that was set on friday and then kyle turris as well no no timetable on him either yeah. so they'll be back eventually yeah and it's just a matter of like you said you're going to face adversity and this is part of it and you've got to find a way to deal with those injuries and the predators they've come close a few times and they've also gotten over the hump yeah. a few times well and i'll say this quickly as we conclude I, I see this on twitter every now and then my general rule and this is me very much not as a team physician or anything like that but you need to see a guy on the ice and then assume probably at least a week till he's back and playing games so i think sometimes we'll see questions like oh, he was he was on the ice at practice yesterday is he yeah. playing tomorrow or is he playing tonight And it's like no probably not just because you need to see how he responds to injury or whatever, that yeah. sort of thing. So so fair warning, if and when I tweet that someone <laughs> yeah. who is on injured reserve is practicing yes. next week, yes, get excited, but yes. not too excited. Yes, because again, injured reserve, it, it's at least a week, usually ends up being about three games just based on how the schedule works out. So Turris and Subban are eligible, well, Arvidsson as well, but mm-hmm. eligible to return at any moment, but I'm just saying they're probably going to skate, then some several days will go by, then you'll probably see them back in Predators gold. So let's talk about a guy, however, who is on the ice right now and has really turned on a strong stretch for the Preds in the last 10 games or so. That's centerman Nick Benino. Honestly, I said it earlier in the show, but one of the best conversations we've had so far on the pod. It's the Preds official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game. We talk to Nick Benino next. Welcome back to the Predators official podcast. Thomas Willis seated alongside Brooks Braden, and we're inside the very new Vesna Trophy Room in the Lexus Lounge, which was recently completed before this new season. And to our right is Predators forward Nick Benino. Now, Nick, you've built up somewhat of a reputation already as being the jokester, the prankster in the Nashville Predators locker room. I, I, I'll let you speak to that. But at least recently, you dressed up as a fan, tricked some of your teammates during Preds Fest. Going back even further... You and your wife disguise yourself as autograph seekers on Halloween. I mean, let's hear about the origin story of that. Like, what what uh, led you to dress up and try and trick your teammates? Uh, Halloween, I think I think I'd had this talk with uh, an old teammate years ago, and I thought it would be something funny to do. We had just come to the team; we were getting to know everybody. We'd only been here, you know, a month, month and a half, and we figured it was going to be really funny. Or it was going to be a big flop, and. <laughs> Uh, just commit to it. Um, so we we dressed up. We waited outside the the bar on Broadway for like two and a half hours. And the way it worked out was they had the balcony. So um, the whole team once we they would get autographs from we'd get autographs from them, and they would just stand up there. And then they they were like, oh my god, that's Bones and his wife. So uh, and they were watching. So it was like a live show, and uh, it actually couldn't have worked out any better. So they they enjoyed it, and we enjoyed it, and then. Uh, Except for Ellis, he wouldn't sign. He's the okay. only guy. <laughs> the only so, guy. Okay, I wondered. <laughs> so the uh, yeah, this year we I was talking to Walks Brandon Walker and uh, just thought you know 
I've done we've done all those pred fests and 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 whatever team you're on and it's fun but I thought this was was um you know something just to switch it up and uh go and recover screw with the fans a little screw with the team especially and uh I got about half the guys they were they were kind of on to me so um it was fun it was a good good way to uh spend that night so on the Preds Fest night, I was following you around with the camera as well, and Brandon, as you mentioned, was there. And I think that first table that we got autographs at, no, I don't know that anybody really noticed. I think it, I know Philip was at that table, yes, and you Phil say, and Curry. yeah, and Juice, Juice actually saw us and saw me, and he kind of shot his head up, and I gave him like a a little <laughs> nod, like, "Don't you ruin this?" And, uh, and he like he was cool. He was yeah. he was great. And then Wax was like, "Don't say anything." And he's like, "I can't even tell Tur and Phil." And he's like, "No." And he's like, "Okay." And then it's Juice, so he's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I don't care." Sweet innocent Juice, yeah, do whatever just put it you behind say, him, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and uh, went from there. Well, so the best part for me was when we got to the table with Tony. Yeah, who it, it was Yannick and and Ryan Johansson uh-huh. was there as well. Uh-huh. And, That's it, yeah. And and Tony was the one I think that kind of grabbed your arm when he realized something was going on. What yeah, what do you think in that moment? Well, I almost got into a, f- a fight in the line because <laughs> I I didn't have the right uh, like wristbands or yeah. pass credentials, so the, we ended up having to cut somebody, and the, I was getting like screamed at. And then the <laughs> the uh, woman who worked at Bridgestone came over and was like, "You can't be here." And we were like three people away from the table, so I didn't want to blow the cover but i also didn't want to like be like hey yeah like hey like i'm um i'm in i'm actually on the team so i was like oh my god i I, please i was like please let me get the autograph and the guy behind me was really upset like he's waiting in line i get it like they waited in line for probably an hour to um to meet them so i think somebody came over kind of smoothed it over and then after we did it um i i think i chirped joey about his um let one of his customary plaid shirts he wears all the time and uh tony came and got me and then we saw the people who i'd cut after and took a picture with them and um signed their thing so uh kind of soothed uh smoothed that over but um yeah it was, it was getting a little uh contentious there it was fun let me ask you how far back does this go i mean were you in grade school like pulling pranks in school and if so like has there been something over the years that you're proud of that you've pulled off no not really i saw um bxa do it in anaheim he okay. was like the so I thought it would be fun to do something with the team, uh, like in with like the the Preds actual Preds thing, not just a Halloween. But I, I'm always very happy guy. Like you can ask any team I've been on, back to like you said, back to grade school, up through the pros. I'm I'm usually always smiling, um, except for the first 19 games this year. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I'm very and even then I'm coming to the rink. I'm happy to be here. It's a it's a great sport, great job, and. Um, I like to have fun. Yeah, yeah. that's a good response. Well, so just in case fans haven't seen it, it's, of course, on the website, the yeah. video of the story. So make sure you check that out. Um, a lot of the guys that we've had on the podcast so far that are married or has, have significant others, we've kind of asked the origin story. So not only were you a college hockey player, but your wife was a college hockey player as well, was she not? Yeah, she's a better, better college hockey player. <laughs> she was 100% a better skater. She she could fly out there. She, um, she came um from canada on a, on a scholarship and uh she was actually roommates with a girl that played prep school hockey in connecticut that i um had known just from i think we had mutual friends so i knew her a little bit and first day of school um she came downstairs to the uh mess hall what are they i don't know what they yeah, call it dining, hall, yeah. dining hall yeah uh, dining hall mess hall uh <laughs> dining hall and uh um, said, hey, this is Lauren. You, I think you were your, were your guys' classes. And I said, it's this way. And she said, yeah, same. So she took one of you walk with her and 
just walked with her and a uh, really nice girl and um ended up staying in touch we lived like three floors away that year mm. and um you know started dating in like in november and uh, going on like ele- i guess 11 years now so um what's wait what's the date <laughs> i gotta check that so it's uh yeah it's been awesome she's um you know it's rare that uh i i'd not say rare but um I don't know how many guys, you know, I know Tony did. He married a, a girl mm-hmm. who played college hockey. But um, to have that perspective when you come home, uh, when you haven't played well, when you've played well, either one, you know, she's there to tell you. And mm-hmm. she was good. She played on a line her senior year. They went to the finals. Uh, she was with the the Poulin, who's like mm-hmm. pretty much the best player in Canada. And yeah. um, they had a really good team, a, a bunch of Canadian Olympic members on that team. So it was fun watching her. She was uh I'd always go to the game. She was too nice, I thought. I mean, she wouldn't like. I'd be like, you gotta slash someone, you gotta cross check them. But um, it was always fun watching her in college, and uh, you know, fortunate she's stuck with me all these years. That's phenomenal. And in those years since, you've had two daughters, including welcoming your second, I guess, earlier this year. By the time this airs, my wife and I actually will have our first daughter. So let's hear some advice. I'm curious what you've learned over the years of raising two girls. Um, it's the best thing in the world. I I, I really can't say anything else they're um they're perfect they're they're great Maisie um came in Pittsburgh I was uh right after she was born I ended up breaking my hand so I got to be home for um three four weeks with her and it was the silver lining to that just got to um, be with her while she was growing up and uh this is your first I'm sure when you know as you have more uh you'll see that you're very like almost crazy about the first every single thing like you're in their room like are they breathing you know are they what's going on is she what is she doing like why does she sound like that and now the second one comes and you're just like she's fine (laughs) i can't imagine i gotta ask turi and hammer about the third because i don't even know what what that's like but uh they um yeah they're just two awesome girls i forget at times Maisie's not even three she talks so much she's Mm. she's so creative so um inquisitive she wants to know everything and uh, sometimes you get frustrated with her and then you have to step back and be like, "This she's not even she's two years old. So yeah, yeah. Um, they love coming to, I know Maisie does, and hopefully Isabel does. I don't know if she really knows, <laughs> but uh, Maisie loves coming to the games, calls them daddy's hockey game. Uh, anytime she sees a Pred symbol, um, <clears throat> loves being on the glass, loves coming. I was injured last year, loves skating on the ice. I was flying around with her. So um, I don't know, my advice would be give them as many hugs as you can because yeah gonna be a point where they're not gonna think you're cool anymore <laughs> and we're not there yet but uh i'm soaking up the hugs and uh, kisses as, as i can get them oh, that's awesome. well two big fans and your daughters two more huge fans your grandparents i know that you've talked about this before there was actually a tweet a, a couple summers ago i guess that Maisie was hanging out with the grandparents and the thermostat was at 81 degrees in the house i guess that's that's the way it goes but they they talk to you pretty much every game day every game day yeah papa calls um Nan and Papa, they're my uh, mother's parents, and um, they have been my biggest fans probably since I was, uh, since I started playing. Um, they'd come to every game. I'd stay home from school if I was, I'm doing quote marks now, sick from school. They'd bring over uh, grinders, and we'd play cards, and um, watched me watch us after school. Our parents worked, and then would come to every game, um, always in the stands through um, through Farmington, through Avon. Would come up to BU. Um, going on now 95 and 93 uh, slowing down a bit but uh, physically but mentally you know I called him the other day uh, I usually call him on the off days mm-hmm. 
especially after I score. Those are nice ones. And, and you know, he's like, Nicholas, you've got six assists now. And I'm like, yeah. And he, and he keeps them all on a piece of paper. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he'll tell me, you know, the coach said nice things about you on the laptop because he's got his laptop set up now right next to, right in the dining room. So he's always on it, checking stats, checking videos. Um, uh, so I obviously really miss them. But being home in, in Connecticut in the summers, spend so much time with them. Um, we're over there as much as we can. Even though it's hot in the house, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a, uh, you know, it's a blessing. They're, they're still like he says. I'm still kicking. Every time I ask him how you doing, still kicking, and um, I'm sure they'll listen to this too. So they'll be excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Our fans have probably noticed that during the military salute, your name has been added in with something called Bones Barracks. Just quickly catch us up on what that is, and then what led you to create it for this season. Yeah, I'd always wanted to do something uh, military-wise, and I didn't really know what that was going to be. Um, both my grandparents fought in World War II, uh, and I, I just think it's amazing the sacrifice people make for this country and, and for people they don't even know. So um, just a chance to get back, just getting getting them to the game, getting them uh, dinner before, getting them t- uh, tickets, uh, getting them honored on the big screen. It, it was awesome the preds match that they they get seats also so that now four people can come patron club stepped up with some dinner for them so just something i wanted to do i talked um with rebecca about it and uh it's still growing so if anyone in the military has any ideas or any um you know things they'd like to to do it's it's something that i'd definitely be open to we don't really know it's so young it's Mm -hmm. so it's so new it's the first time i've ever done something like that um but it means a lot to me. Uh, it means a lot to all of us. Everyone on the team appreciates um, what these what these people do, what they go through. So um, it's great to have them at the game, and uh, and hopefully, you know, it can grow into something bigger. Awesome. Lastly, you are a two-time Stanley Cup champion, and myself and Thomas, we are huge Italian food, namely <laughs> pasta aficionados. You have eaten spaghetti out of the Stanley Cup with fresh grated Parmesan. Not we're not like dumping a bottle of cheese on it. What is that like? One and two. How badly do you want to do that again? I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it again, and uh, I think we have the team to do it too. So. Um, it's something that uh, we ate all the time. We'd eat it on, on Christmas Eve. It was It's angel hair pasta with uh, tuna fish. I don't know if you guys have ever had that. Very oh, Italian. My, my um, okay. Nana would make that all the time, and uh, I knew that was what we wanted to eat out of the cup. So um, I, I cooked it up both times, um, poured it in, got the fresh parm, and uh, and that that's probably my my best memory one of the top memories of my life you know outside of the kids and is being able to share that with my grandparents and my family and um when we were at the white house with obama he gives a speech and i was kind of you know spaced out looking around the crowd <laughs> and all of a sudden i heard him in his distinctive voice say you know nick benino i kind of i like snapped oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like eight pa- yeah exactly eight uh eight pasta out of the cup uh with his nana and papa and i was like that's pretty crazy like the president <laughs> just talked about that oh so um that was that was a really cool moment but yeah being able to to um spend those days with the cup was great and it and like you said i'd love to do it again he is nick Benino. we agree we're hoping that you're eating italian out of the stanley cup very soon thanks so much for doing this of course my pleasure the pop continues in just a moment as we take a look at the prospect pool talk some holiday shopping and give away a pair of tickets to Preds and Sabres on Monday. That's all right here on ESPN 1025 The Game.
Just inject Charlie Brown Christmas into my veins the whole holiday season. My goodness, such a classic. Mm. Vince Garaldi Trio. Welcome back to the Fred's official podcast here on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game Nashville app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. Brooks Bratton alongside Thomas Willis of NashvillePredators.com. What a chat with Nick Benino in the last segment. And mm-hmm. if you'd like to see him and his friends on <laughs> Monday night. We hope there's friends. Have we got the deal for you? Preds and Sabres Monday night at Bridgestone Arena. We've got a pair of tickets to give away. How can you win those, you might ask? And by the way, if you're listening to this after Monday, December 3rd, sorry you're too late. <laughs> Unless uh, we can borrow your time machine and then you're sure. back in. But you're going to need to bring that forward. That's but on That's on my that's holiday on, shopping Yeah, list. that's on you guys. Uh, tweet at us. At Brooks Braddon, at Tommy Willis, using hashtag Preds Podcast. You know what to do. This week, though, tell us your favorite Christmas song or holiday song if you don't celebrate Christmas. There's other songs out there. Tell us your favorite <laughs> holiday song for sure. the season. And if we like that song, no, we, we can't say that. No. <laughs> we really like your song. Uh, give us a chance, and uh, we'll we'll see what we can do for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And we enjoyed the responses we got last time, just asking you guys what you enjoyed about the show. Yep. Overwhelmingly, you picked the player interviews rather than Brooks and I, which hurt a little bit, but we also feel like we are somewhat involved in those, so it's okay. But like I said, um, it is cool to see that those have been such a hit because that was one of our main goals of this entire show was to give behind-the-scenes, off-ice, personal interviews with our players, and you just heard a great one with Benino. And shout-out to the people who said they were listening to us on their way back home from Thanksgiving. That was that was kind of cool. Yes. Killing time on the plane. They were like, well, I feel like I'm about to fall asleep anyways. What should I do? <laughs> Pop in the Preds official podcast. Turn on the salty tones of Brooks and Thomas. <laughs> So yeah, uh, hashtag Preds Podcast. Go ahead and shoot us a note there and see if we can get you some ticks to Preds and Sabres on Monday. Uh, I did want to give everyone a quick little update down on the farm and then in the collegiate ranks as well. The Admirals doing well again down there in Milwaukee, top of the Central Division. Matt Donovan, Anthony Richard continue to help lead the team down there. And then BU captain Boston University, Dante Fabro. Three goals, nine assists in 11 games played entering the weekend. Ten points in his last seven games. He's doing quite well for BU up there in Massachusetts. And then six foot six centerman Yakim Kondalik, who was drafted by the Preds in this past draft in Dallas in the fourth round. He's at UConn. One goal, 11 helpers in 12 games, tied for fifth among all NCAA freshmen with 12 points. He's also up there with my boy Tomasz Vomashka, another prospect <laughs> in the system, a yeah. goaltender. Tomasz has a couple of wins there for the Huskies as well. So good to see the kids doing well. And some guys that not so long ago we were talking about being kids, now they're on the NHL roster, and I went shopping with them earlier on Friday. What's the story What's the story, Shape Up? Have we got a story time for you? <laughs> Friday afternoon in Nashville, after practice, the holiday season upcoming. Mm-hmm. Second year for the holiday outreach, led by Colton Sissons, Austin Watson, Anthony Botero. They did it last season. They went shopping for some needy families in Nashville, made their Christmas a little bit brighter. They're doing so again this year. So what it is, this year it'll benefit the West Nashville Dream Center. So... Children and their families will come to Bridgestone Arena on December 12th, and thanks to these three, we'll enjoy a nice little Christmas. So we have an angel tree in the office. Yeah, I was going to say that's a factor with the yep. staff, which is yep. cool. Yep, so the spread staff picks up some ornaments from the angel tree, 
helps uh, goes out to buy some presents for for the kids there wraps them up brings them to the party whatever ornaments are left those three guys take them off head out to walmart and pick up some christmas joy for uh, a number of these families who could really use some joy so again on december 12th ice skating holiday meal santa and presents these guys team up with the preds foundation they contribute financially some of their own money you should have seen them with the shopping <laughs> Anthony Potato said, why don't we do the supermarket sweep style? Which if you don't, if for those, if anyone doesn't know supermarket sweep, like that old game show, you're in a grocery store and you've got 30 seconds to find 10 items and oh. you are flying. And Tony did that for about five seconds. He's like, why don't we do the supermarket sweep? Sorry for the bad impression. We should do the supermarket sweep style and just zooming through the aisles. So him and, and Wadi and Colton were doing a great job. Uh, helping pick out some presents for the kids. That's awesome. Uh, Austin Watson found some Bluetooth speakers. He's like, well, we've got no limit. Let's get the most expensive one. So lucky, some lucky recipient is getting a pretty nice Bluetooth speaker this year. I That's can tell awesome. you that. And of course, how can you go to the Bluetooth speaker aisle and not crank it to 11? <laughs> sure. Which is what Austin did. And we all had a nice little dance party in the Walmart. There. But these go up to 11. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, very cool to see Preds players just time after time giving their money and their time to be able to help those that are less fortunate than them um, be able to share the love. So that's uh, that's very cool. Um, this is a bit of a hard transition, but speaking of holiday shopping, you can also go to the brand new Nashville Locker Room website, NashvilleLockerRoom.com. Uh, Do we so have a roar for that? Does that constitute Wow, the- we need to get one or maybe like the sound of a locker closing yeah. that could get a bit annoying yeah but anyways so that's actually um something i've worked on the past several months um the predators have wanted their own online opportunity for fans to be able to buy merch from the predators team store the physical location in bridgestone arena so it's all the preds gear that you know and love yes if you're a season ticket holder you get your 20 percent discount but now you can do so online uh, from the comfort of your home so you can shop there and what's cool about it, it again this stock is just going to grow 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 but but for now they're already um are a variety of other teams represented as well so the university of tennessee vanderbilt mtsu uh, other sponsor gear on there including like volunteer traditions who has some preds themed items as well so pretty cool it, it's only getting bigger it's only going to get better but definitely check it out do it do it for us go to nashvillelockroom.com no one's going to be there so just say uh, audibly to your computer that brooks and thomas <laughs> told you to stop by um, and somehow that'll be probably data captured and, and we'll find out about it, but uh, we'll figure it out. Well, I like talking to Preds president, Sean Henry earlier the week about it. He said, it's, it's a way for people. If you're, whether you're 10 miles or a thousand miles away yeah. from the arena, yeah, it's a way for you to, to get the gear. Everybody wants Preds gear. Right. right I, I saw a comment on Twitter that was like, someone's like all caps. So I imagine they were screaming and they were like, you would never have enough Preds gear. And I was like, <laughs> cool. This guy gets it. I mean, it was created for people like you. This so is the target market. <laughs> so, so well done on that. And then Preds and Pins on Tuesday, continuing with the holiday theme here. Mm-hmm. So this is the seventh annual. We go out every year, have a great time, hang out, see the celebs, see the guys bowling with the kids. Uh, but the bowling tournament benefits the 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund, which, of course, Pecorine, as we all know, is very heavily involved in there. Edmund Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt. So a night full of bowling, the Hermitage Strike and Spare, just down the street from my apartment. Mm. Come on out to Hermitage. Uh, Preds players, coaches, VIPs, and everyone's favorite pin striker, Nash, will be in attendance. That's on Thursday, December 4th. And My we'll, of personal course, hope is that Pete Weber, the professional bowler, also shows yes. up in addition to Pete Weber, the voice of the Predators. As we said earlier, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So I, that's honestly like a personal goal of mine. It hasn't happened yet, but 
We'll see. So stay tuned for recaps of all of these in the coming weeks on NashvillePredators.com. There it is. As we really ramp up the holiday spirit. Yeah. And we'll have video from Walmart. We'll have video from bowling, photos, recaps. Yeah. All sorts of things to warm your heart this time of year. We wanted to take two minutes at the end of this just to talk about some league topics. We're not going to delve too deep because we recognize this is a Preds official podcast, but it's probably worth mentioning. Um, I mean, Brooks, just let's go like 15 seconds on each of these. First off, the William Nylander situation from the Toronto Maple Leafs that I'm sure Preds fans have seen all over their timeline on Twitter. They're not sure why. Well, in December 1st is the said, deadline. Running you've got to figure it out. Running out of time. So again, maybe even by the time you've listened to this, something has happened. But essentially, he is a restric- restricted free agent. He has not signed. Uh, yet, and he has to sign later in the day on Saturday, or he cannot play in this entire season. So you see that in the NFL from time to time, guys holding out, looking at you, Le'Veon Bell. But 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 anyway, so if he doesn't sign, he can't play, or did the Leafs trade him? So again, that's kind of a, a significant milestone for the league. Um, and then Chris Johnston of Sportsnet on Twitter saying, we've been building to this for a while, but on Tuesday, the league expects the Board of Governors, so essentially the owners and, and the decision makers, to vote on whether they want to expand to a 32nd uh, NHL franchise in Seattle. So you've probably seen um, throughout the news some different updates on their updating the arena in Seattle. They're getting ready. I think the number's even already out there. I think it's $650 million uh, to get a new franchise, which crazy compared to what you think what the Predators cost just oh, 20 sure. short years ago. But anyways, expected that that will be unanimous. So And then we'll see the Seattle franchise in the next few years. I'm looking forward to heading out to the Pacific Northwest soon enough. We already love Vancouver. Yeah, That's I know. Gorgeous. Why not? I get to go in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, and, the, and again, the other reason to bring that up from a Preds perspective is, of course, expansion drafts coming. You get to talk about all that again. And then there has to be some kind of divisional realignment as well. So you may or may not have noticed the Preds are the only uh, division in the NHL right now that has seven teams. So the other the three, central. The, the other central three have eight. The Central Division only has seven. So you're expecting a team moves over. Arizona Coyotes? I don't know. I'm honestly just hypothesizing at this point. So, again, big changes coming um, for the league as well. So, pretty cool to see. Um, and then the Preds, uh, finally, when they do play the Blackhawks, that'll be the first time that they face their new coach. So I know we've briefly talked about yep. changes in the Central Division, but that's worth mentioning. They've seen the Blues make a coaching change. Now the Blackhawks have made a coaching change. So, may not be your old familiar Blackhawks. There yeah. at least won't be a familiar mustache behind the bench now, 30, uh, on 30, Saturday night. 33-year-old Jeremy Colleton behind the bench for Chicago. A nice, new, young, fresh voice in there. Yeah. And they're, they're still giving up some goals. Hopefully the Preds can find the offense and get back on track against Chicago. So, should be a good one on Saturday night, as you said. As we mentioned earlier in this segment, Monday against Buffalo. You want to go. You know what to do. Yep. We'll wrap it up when we come back in just a moment on the Preds' official podcast. We Keep getting a slew of Twitter questions, so we'll touch on those in just a moment here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Predators official podcast on ESPN 1025 The Game and streaming right now on the Game Nashville app. Oh my, are we ready for Christmas already, especially now that the calendar's flipped to, uh, to December, Brooks? Keep playing the air piano to that, my goodness. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, the final segment that's become one of our favorites, um, at least under our current structure. This is where we answer all your Twitter questions, either from the most recent couple of games or days or even throughout the week. We're happy to take them. All you have to do is use hashtag Preds Podcast, and we will see them. And unless they're absolutely ridiculous, we'll probably answer them. Literally anything. I mean, <laughs> I love talking about stuff other than hockey. Uh, for sure, yeah. Ask us about anything, um, and we've seen a lot of our reviews have said that 
Again, the Preds have added a lot of fans in the last two, three, four years. So you want to know about the intricacies of the game, but you also want to just hear what a player's favorite movie is or what he likes doing and, and that sort of thing. So we we're happy to ask those. You. We're going to become errand runners a little bit later in just a bit on the third question. Like, we're actually just going to go find this information for someone. I guess you couldn't Google it per se, but we'll answer that too. So <laughs> let's get started. I'll ask you the first one. Uh, Neerton PA. Do you find the defensive core is as good as last year? Last year, the Preds reign in terror across the league. This year, I don't see it, or have they not play, played quite to the same level? I think playing to the same level has something to do with it. We certainly touched on it in the first segment with mm-hmm. P.K. Subban being out of the lineup. That doesn't help things. Huge, yeah. Matias Ekholm has been great. Roman Yossi has been good, although I, th- I think he'd probably like to have some more points. And Ryan Ellis, you know he'd like to be putting the puck in the back of the net a little bit more. I will say on Ryan Ellis... And he's the guy that is out there first for every practice, every morning skate. That hasn't changed. He's still the first one out there. But I've really noticed him as of late working on his shot. He's out there. Usually Callie Yarncroft's out there pretty early. Zach Ronaldo's out there. Sometimes goaltending coach Ben Vanderklok's helping him out. But someone's feeding him either one-timers, and he's standing at different parts of the ice. He was at the top of the circle a few days ago. He was more down toward the slot. Um, during a recent morning skate, just working on his shot. And Mm -hmm. it's something that you hear the best players in the world do it all the time. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, guys like that are the guys that they're on before anyone else, and they usually leave after everyone else too. So the best players in the world, even they have to work on things. And Ryan (laughs) Ellis, I think we've been seeing him do that. And he's trying to take some chances. He he really did. I tell you what, him and Roman Yossi in that Arizona game, I know the Preds didn't get anything to show for it, but they had a couple of shifts where they were really cycling it well back and forth at the point. Roman had a lot of shots, a lot of chances. Ryan was getting some chances as well. I think it's something similar maybe to, uh, we've talked about the power play before, just getting chances and eventually one's going to fall. I think for Roman and Ryan, that's another thing that you've just got to keep getting those chances and they're eventually going to fall because they're too talented for it not to. Yeah, and I would say don't uh, forget about the loss of P.K. Subban that you mentioned. I I know I don't want to be the person that only responds to Twitter hate or these negative rants I see on Twitter all the time but I think maybe it's just better to put the other side of the coin out there sometimes that and let me say this like I know P.K. Subban gets hated on sometimes because he'll create a turnover he'll make a mistake leading the puck up maybe on the power play for example or whatever but first off to be held to that high of a caliber of a standard you know like you may never make a bad pass and if you do you're a poor player like that shows how good you are when you're already at that level I would just say like Internally, like the Preds regard PK Subban as one of, if not their best defensemen. So, like, don't don't be on this uh, line of thinking of like, yeah, he's in the top four, but he's a distant four. No, he he's an integral part in it, and he's huge. So, um, again, when he gets back, it only makes it better. But then I agree. In the interim, Ryan Ellis has pretty much proven at this point he's about a forty point uh, guy per season. So it's gonna come. Yeah, right. regression to the mean is the term that you hear a lot of terms. So it works both ways. You can be too high, that means you're probably coming down. You can also be too low, and it means you keep shooting, you keep getting chances, you're going to score. And no one expects more out of them than they do of themselves. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, sorry, one more thought on that. That just goes back to where the Predators are as a team right now. Like It makes a Ryan Johansson or a Philip Forsberg or a Ryan Ellis, for example, look worse in theory if you want to look at that just because they're not freed up, they're not given the competitive advantage that they usually get when the lineup's at full strength. They're facing tougher competition, you know, that sort of thing. So, again, as they get healthy, I, I only see it getting better for the Preds. Uh, this person 
we're, we're struggling to know what their Twitter handle is or how to <laughs> how to say it. So, but they had a good question. If you so. were if you had a good question, so you made it. So if you hear this, yeah. just say, "Hey, I was on it." So you know, <laughs> you were on the Brett Bishop podcast. Uh, when a player with a wife or family gets called up from Milwaukee to fill a temporary spot, where do they normally stay? Wow, that's specific. Yeah, so so the players that come up, so like a Rocco Gormaldi, he's probably in a hotel right now. Yeah, yeah. And if they have a wife, which Rocco is married, back at the the family will stay back at home. And it's the same thing when a guy gets traded too. Mm-hmm. Like when Kyle Turris got traded last year to the Preds, Kyle of course has to come and play games. But the family stayed back in Ottawa, and he, and he's talked about this that they came down right around Christmas time and tried to scope some things out. Of course, everyone is here now. Yeah. But that's something that your whole life gets turned upside down with a, with a, a call up or a trade. And I was talking to Rocco Grimaldi about this the other day on the day that he got sent back down, and now he's back up with the Predators. But just from a holiday standpoint. We were talking about Thanksgiving. He's like, where was I for Thanksgiving last year? Where was I for Thanksgiving two years ago? He couldn't really remember. Yeah, so yeah. especially for a guy like that, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down. You've always kind of got to have a suitcase packed. Um, but yeah, usually at a hotel for the guys and then the the wives, the girlfriends, the family stay back at whatever home base happens to be yeah. at that point. And then they'll join their significant other, yeah. hopefully sooner rather than later. And perhaps worth going back and listening to a previous episode that we interviewed Brandon Walker with, uh, the Predators manager of Hockey Operations. He's big on dealing with that. But you're right, there's just so many variables. Like, your child might be in school. You know, and they can't move in the middle and that sort of thing. So just worth remembering as a fan that it's not necessarily like, oh, they better get in the lineup tonight because we just traded for him. It's like, yeah, this guy, <laughs> that man's got a family. Yeah. You know, well, I've said to you before, imagine it's so tough, and we'll touch on this way more as we get closer yeah. to the trade deadline, but imagine someone walking in. It's like, okay, Brooks and Thomas, yeah. you've got to go do the same job tomorrow, <laughs> but you're going to Colorado. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, prime example, one more. I mean, Alexi Yimelin left his wife and multiple children back in Canada for the whole last Montreal, season, the whole season when he yeah. played for the Preds. So, I mean, that that that's a bit tough. Caleb asks, um, I know you like to talk about music, so and you're music fans. What is the song between All I Do Is Win and Glorious After a Preds W? Well, this is what I was talking about. We can't Google it for you because that public information is not out there, but I do know the answer to it. Uh, it's by Charlie Daniels. It's based on his song All Night Long. And essentially, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Boy, doesn't that sound like me? Um, <laughs> he recorded like a bit of a custom version for the Preds. Yeah. So some of the words are changed, and that's you know yep. much like Tim McGraw just did like Tim McGraw, uh, yeah. with "I Like It, I Love It." So yeah, just yep. a, another cool intersection of country music and hockey in Nashville. And then anything after that, we're on the elevator to go down to the room. So we have no yeah. idea what plays after that. Yeah, every now and then I'll have some responsibility that keeps me from going down to the locker room. I call it the secret playlist. I'll be like, man, good tunes tonight. Because again, I'm not normally still yeah. up in the press box um, after the game to hear things like that. Jess asks, who's the best babysitter on the Preds in honor of, uh, I guess, my newborn? Yikes. I like this question. Well, the easy one for me, Kyle Turris has three kids at yes. home. Nick Benino has two girls at home. Dan Hamus has three kids. Well, Dan he Hamus said that in the interview kids. as well. He was like, who knows yep. what it's like to have three kids? Yep. So I would think that the dads would make good babysitters. But if you want to go someone who's a bit younger, maybe one of the nicest people of all time, Freddie Gaudreau. I feel like he'd be a good candidate Goodness. for a babysitter. He could raise my daughter right now for sure. <laughs> he is so nice. Yeah, no, yeah, no, That uh, that's a good call. And and just drop them off with Phil if you want them to have a lethal wrist shot. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Depending yeah. on what you like, what whatever kind of player you'd like your child to be, that's which player you should seek out on the Predators roster. Would yeah. be my suggestion because that's how it works. Sure, sure. Uh, Brian asks, "Have I had any sleep?" 
You're you're awake now. In the middle. I mean, I was asleep during the third segment. Did you not notice? <laughs> <laughs> You've made it this far. Congratulations. Uh, and well, then, Brian, we'll, yeah. we'll revisit that question maybe next week and see yes, what's Yes, next happening. week's the one. Whew, we'll see on that one. Uh, Grumpy asks, what is Nashville's tourist trap guilty pleasure? Our Nashville tourist Our trap. Our, na- uh, yes. What maybe, is you're, maybe you're not awake. Maybe I'm not awake. <laughs> I, You know what? I love the Grand Ole Opry. I've been there double digits now. I take yeah. everybody that comes in. I don't know that that's necessarily a tourist trap more than like a, a landmark that you've got to go see, but I love the Grand Ole Opry. Sure, I'm thinking um, probably something food-wise, honestly. Like like Hattie B's, for example, you yeah. hear people kind of rave about the hot chicken. I, I'm a Nashville native. I always make the comment or the joke that Nashville started to get popular. We started to have more people move in. We're like, we need a thing. What could our thing be? And we're like, spicy chicken. Great, done. Okay, yeah, hot chicken. We've done it. Well, we've done it for decades. It's Nashville hot chicken. It's like, no, that totally just happened within like the last ten years. But Hattie B's, uh, it is a classic tour spot. But no, it's good. Well, and it's crazy to me now to go on the road to all the restaurants we go to. The amount of restaurants that have Nashville hot chicken uh, exactly. on their menu exactly. in Canada. Exactly. Yeah, KFC, a whole <laughs> Nashville hot chicken line. But yeah, that just it's that a, totally just it's started. A thing. And I love. Uh, pancake pantry too. I'm a sucker for chocolate chip good pancakes. Call. They've got good ones. I will stand in line for chocolate chip pancakes. Good call for Brooks Braden. You can follow him on Twitter at Brooks Braden or Instagram. Well, that was easy. You can follow <laughs> me at Tom A Willis. Make sure you're following at Preds NHL to see the variety of content and stories we've been mentioned in this episode. So go there, follow them. They're the best place to go. You can also now follow at Nashville Locker Room on Twitter. It's at NSH Locker Room because you can't have Nashville Locker Room as that many characters. This has been another <laughs> episode of the Preds Official Podcast on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Go to nationalpredators.com slash podcast to listen to past episodes or to subscribe through a variety of platforms including iTunes, Google Play, uh, music, TuneIn Radio, all those sort of things. We do appreciate you listening so much. We don't take it for granted and we appreciate it when you rate, subscribe, and tell us what you like. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Get some sleep, daddy-o.